What up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to Unscripted um, on the Twitch channel, the Serato Twitch channel. My name is Matt, um, and you can also listen to this podcast and the previous ones on anywhere you listen to podcasts. This will also probably be on YouTube, too, so shout out anyone who's listening back. Um, we do this every week or so, and uh, we have great guests, and today we have another great guest. Um, we want to welcome um, our guest today is one of the most prolific remixes, remixers in the game. Um, his high level of quality is kind of unparalleled by many. I feel like he's definitely one of the most consistent remixers out there. I'm always checking for his remixes. So you've definitely heard um, his songs being played in, in, in sets. He's also got Fire Originals as well. We're going to talk about that and much more. So please welcome Eccentric to the show. Eccentric, what's up, homie? What's up, man? <laughs> what's up? Great to have you on the show, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. I'm just truly humbled to even uh, be on here. You know, it's cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, um, I know um, we met a long time ago. We were just t chatting about this before. Um, in 2015 at South by Southwest, I think you played yeah. the OK Future stage, right? Yeah, yeah. A long time. It seems like an ancient ago, but yeah, yeah. 2015. It was uh, probably one of my first South by Southwest. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a trip. I like it. It's cool. Yeah, that was actually my first South by Southwest, so uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like we was telling you earlier, like I just remember the uh, the DJ table like being super low and like the turntables were so low and my back was killing me by the end of the night. But overall, you know, it was a good experience, man. I just, just to do work with Serato, you know, so it was great. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I definitely, um, I've learned a lot about event production since that day. That was early days of my career, so. We're uh, all learning, right? <laughs> yeah, I can guarantee you we won't get a low DJ table for you ever again. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Hey, um, yeah. I just want to give a quick shout out, too, to everyone who's tuned in the, tra in the chat right now. Big up my man, Mr. Sonny James, who's always helping out in the chat and helping me produce this. We got Caperonics. We got Raj Raja Peds. I hope I'm saying that right. If it's not Raja Peds. DJ None. Jay Nats. What up, Jay Nats? Uh, and Double A, DJ Echo, and the homegirl JMK, and what up, everybody? Good to see you guys. I'm going to give you guys the air horn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyways, let's get into to, to your story, Eccentric. I want to just quickly ask you um, about about your first record that you ever got. Um, do you remember the first uh, vinyl record you ever bought? Oh, that I ever bought? Wow. Um... Always given. We can take either or, really, there. I don't remember the first like record record, but I remember buying my first cassette tape. I I know I'm probably dating myself with that, but uh, it was uh, Notorious B.I.G. One More Chance, and it had it was a single, and it had the instrumental, and it had it was labeled a hip hop remix, and it's just funny how it kind of ties into why I got into remixing, but. Uh, you know, just hearing the song on the radio uh, made me want to just, I was like, you know, let me buy this cassette tape. And and then when I found out there was a, a different version of it, like a remix, which I didn't even know what it was, I was like, wow, wow, the beat is different, you know? And that was kind of like the first, you know, time that I really experienced uh, music in a different way. But yeah, that was like my first, uh, you know, purchase of music, I guess. <laughs> That's dope. I mean, shout yeah. out that one more chance remix. I think I know the one. It's the the dun dun yeah. dun dun, dun yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. And for the longest time, I was like using that instrumental for like everything. When I'm in my early times of uh, 
blending and you know making little creations but yeah and yeah it was just uh it always embedded in my head with that uh that remix but yeah that was one of the earlier times puff daddy was definitely good with the remixes hey oh, yeah. yeah he was like a, a key key element to my early days of uh like what it what was a remix you know because he you know the early 90 uh well you know 90s and uh late 2000s like he he was everywhere and his sampling game was crazy and uh he was on it and he kind of labeled himself he was like what is the remix it's him like he was the guy and he had classic remix with you know like total and and you know mace and all that stuff so yeah yeah i, I think, think he... i think it's cool that you you bring that up because specifically yeah. those bad boy remixes sometimes the remixes would eclipse the like the album version or the like the single right yeah sometimes i didn't even know what the original was <laughs> you know because for the longest time like the, even the 112 like only you i thought that was the actual uh song you know <laughs> like seeing the music video because they pushed that that remix like anything before the actual single so when i actually heard the album cut i was like oh <laughs> i actually like the uh the remix version so yeah it happened a lot earlier in those days even because back in the day when it was a remix it was actual remix you know not not today where they you know when they label it as a remix they just throw on uh like a feature or something like that the beat's not different but now you know back then the beat was different it was like a whole new production and a whole different song and that's why i was so gravitated to you know the actual remix term and stuff so yeah it's cool I also I also feel like uh, Pete Rock is another important person to mention when we talk about remixes too, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just the the way how they were using just like drum breaks and the samplings of it back then, I always thought it was like just intricate way of doing it. But like if you really dig deep, you know, it's not like the craziest production, but they were finding you know perfect loops perfect drum breaks the sampling stuff and even like the puff daddy stuff like it was just maybe like a loop of maybe the intro and then they would just make an entire song of it but yeah definitely the uh early stages of hip-hop and that's it's like embedded in my blood of of the way how i do things today you know well, that, that's great. It really leads into the next question that I, I really wanted to ask you, which was, um, you know, what about remix? What, what, what it is about remixing that you're drawn to so much? I just I like the fact that uh, just the, the way how it could sound different, especially if you've heard the original before, and especially if it's on the radio uh, and then you hear like a different version of it. It, it just gets me excited. I was like, wow, this doesn't it's it could be different, you know. And then, um, and it's just, yeah, it just made me interested of the way how they can make a, uh, you know, your typical basic song. And then all of a sudden it's a different production. And it just, I think from earlier days, you know, again, I'm dating myself, but like back when the, when the internet wasn't as big, it was, it was, you know, early nineties and stuff, especially with the file sharing and, and, uh, you know, the illegal shit, um, basically i was just finding weird mashups and like weird blends and i think the first type of uh mashup i've heard it's gonna sound weird but it was like a britney spears like eminem 
type of mashup. <laughs> I think it was like an Eminem vocals with, I think it was like a Britney Spears. I think it was like, oops, I did it again. And for some reason, I was like, why is this fit? Like, I was just so interested by that. So I just, I was so interested. I was like, oh, you can actually put different beats to these vocals. And at the time, it was kind of difficult finding like acapellas. There were, you know, on singles at times, but during that time, not how it is, it is now, but back then it was so hard to find acapella. So like when I was actually trying to find, you know, the files and stuff like that, then I was like, all right, let me go crazy with it. But yeah, that was like my early stages of trying to figure it out. And I was like, oh, I can actually make a different, you know, sound of it. And just my interpretation of what, you know, what of the original producer had. So I was like, oh, let me put my flavor into it. That's super dope. And, and I think uh, it's really important to highlight the fact that you're not only a producer, but you're a great DJ as well. And uh, also like, like uh, a lot of bad boy remixes were really made for DJs. And, and I know a lot, like myself and a lot of my DJ friends, we all play your remixes because they work so well in the club. And I think that uh, I'd like to know actually, you know, your, your, your kind of approach with like environmental, you know, taking something that maybe isn't uh, necessarily a, a song for DJs and then re recontextualizing it for a DJ set in a certain way. Right. I mean, originally, um, just, you know, DJing, which is like regular songs that aren't, aren't my edits, in the beginning like of, of my stages of DJing, you know, some of these songs didn't have intro, you know, breaks or anything like that. And sometimes they would just cut into, you know, like the first verse or whatever. And at the, when you first start, you know, started the DJ, I was like, how do I you know, transition to this song. So originally it was just like making intros to some songs and whatnot, but, and then they have some songs that don't have any drums on it. And you feel like, all right, maybe if I beef up the drums, you know, back then it was so, the the stereotypical thing was like, oh, just put the grinding beat on top <laughs> of like, you know, or like the tipsy beat. So, you know, those early stages of like, you know, what is it, what do they call it, like redrum edits or whatnot? So, you know, I had my fair share of those. And, uh, you know, you, you put it on like the weirdest classic rock songs, you know, you, you know, just trying to replicate whatever DJ AM was doing, but like do it in the computer space. But yeah, like as far as just like putting my remixes in or just like my version of it, putting it in sets, you know, just just add flavor to it because sometimes you know you hear the same songs like every dj plays the same songs and now how do you just kind of make yourself stand out a little bit you know so just just changing it up and just making it feel different and then if you have like someone dancing you're like what is that that's like the first because that's how i always felt when i heard songs so i just want that same feeling for other people to hear and you're like oh this is different like i actually like it and when you get people say oh this actually sounds better then i'm <laughs> yeah gotcha <laughs> you know but yeah that's how everything works in my head so that's dope man yeah it's it's so cool like um uh, the, the fact that you just touched on also something about being a dj and and kind of having a point of difference right and and playing something yeah. that makes people go oh well whoa, whoa that's unique right yeah yeah for sure i mean that's that's everything to me especially you know i I put in a lot of work into my you know my edits and like remixes so like if i can get one little feedback 
or you know a million feedback or whatever but if i can just get that one one little uh feedback where someone goes wow this is actually pretty pretty solid like you actually like it better that's like the greatest compliment ever you know just just to say oh that actually is better not that i'm trying to like outdo whoever did the original but it just sometimes it just kind of happens that way you know especially just taking you know that's why i kind of stepped it up with you know it's easy to kind of as djs we just do a lot of blends you know that's kind of like our first nature especially if you want to change up you know your songs and your sets so you just do uh blends so i kind of like took it a step further i was like all right let me rework the actual sample that i'm using make it entire beat and make it sound fresh so it's not like i just took a instrumental and an acapella and just put it together and it's kind of essentially what's happening now with modern uh like hip-hop r&b is like everyone's kind of sampling the 2000s and uh there's push putting like trap drums on on top of it so you know that's just kind of what my mind was you know on in that pathway so yeah just make everything different i mean to your point too uh even like the new lotto song um big big energy uh Oh yeah, the, the yeah. Mariah thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They took the yeah the the genius of love Mariah Carey thing. Um, I know that's that's popping right now, and as, as from what I hear, I haven't actually been to a club since. I, I, I mean, like, I actually didn't even know about that song until uh, maybe not too long ago, and I and then I saw there was like a remix of actually like Mariah Carey's on it. Oh really? Yeah, I heard it. It's it's pretty bad. I mean, that to me it sounds really bad. I don't know why why that wasn't even a thing, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, it's just weird how people are sampling the stuff that, you know, we, that I even just got kind of grew up on listening to. And I guess that that's how, how older people feel, especially if like, you know, again, Puff Daddy was sampling all these seventies, eighties records. And then these older people are like, Oh, well, they took the sting record, you know? So I kind of had, I have that feeling now. So it's kind of cool, but, uh. It just makes me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. JMKM just said, um, it's because we are old. And <laughs> yeah, that's true. yeah, I felt that one for sure. Yeah, like, like, you know, you're really old when like uh, the younger generations, like I never heard of this song before. And it's like, probably like the biggest song that was at that time, whatever it was like a Nelly record or something like that. And then they sample it. I was like, Jesus, man. Okay. But I mean, that's that's been happening for a long time, and like uh, other subgenres yeah. like reggaeton, they've been sampling kind of current music for a long time. I think um, I just saw recently they were talking about how B- the Bad Bunny, you know, they sampled Missy Elliott on. Someone was talking okay. about that on Twitter, and I was like, man, that's been going on since like the early two thousands. Like since that song came out, that song was like they took the No Escape in this and all that, and um, that's just oh, part wow. of that culture, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think Missy itself, a lot of people just love everyone just keeps going back to work it you know uh, i've heard like so many samples of that or even just like the vocals and stuff jersey club remixes but it's cool man like as long as you could freak it differently and make it still fresh and stuff that's that's all that matters right so it's an endless life of sampling (laughs) absolutely and speaking of which um uh philly club Jersey Club, we got a legend in the chat. Shout out DJ Sega right now. He's he's tuned in. Oh, that's my guy, Sega. What's good, bro? Great to have you them. here. I got a story with Sega. Well, hey, now is the time. Let's hear the story. Sega's here. You're here. Let's go. 
Well, Sega, um, this is like my f early on stages um, where I was just doing a lot of blends. And I took uh, his B, uh, like, club remix, the Steve Angelo uh, remix or whatnot. And I, and at the time, Drake was just starting out. And I, I put his, uh, was it Over, his song Over. It's like his first single. So I put his vocals on top of Sega's beat, and it, it it like that was like my first kind of like people noticing who I was because it was on Fader uh, website. Like this is during like blog days, so like people were posting it all the time. And I have to give it to Sega because like I mean that was Sega's beat. I just put things two together and stuff like that, and you know. So, but I kind of labeled it wrong because it looked like me and Sega did it together at the time. So I put like Sega and Eccentric. So it kind of worked out anyway. So, but uh, yeah, a shout out to Sega, man. He's That's like, dope, man. Shout out to Fader too. They were definitely putting me onto yeah. great music. Yeah, man, that was that. Those days are are amazing because those blogs, like there was a lot of uh, uh, Baltimore Club because that again, Baltimore Club was like my first kind of iteration of electronic music, I just wasn't really, really in, because I was, I'm more of like a hip hop R&B type of guy. So like anything electronic, I was kind of like, yeah, it's okay. You know, I, you know, like house music was on and off again. Like I, for me, I just can't sit and listen to house music all day. Cause like, you know, it's just super, super repetitive to me. So at the time, uh, early stages of, uh, you know, mad decent and stuff. So that's when I started listening to like be more stuff. And then I hear the Philly stuff from Sega. So I was like, all right, I can bounce to this and stuff. But yeah, but shout out to Sega, man. I love you, man. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I feel like it's, it's good to hear that from you too. I think a lot of us experienced that the same way. I wasn't really into EDM, but there was something, yeah. a sensibility about like be more say Philly club and Jersey club that was like, it had a, a certain R&B and hip-hop approach to it that was really familiar. Yeah. You know, a lot of the songs they flipped, yeah. Motown shit, too. It was like, oh, like, you know, yeah. like, oh, I, like, I, I really like this. The Postman, the Be More remix. Like, come on. They're like, that stuff is all classic, man. It's just like taking those type of tunes and then just putting, like, a, those type of uh, backbeats to it. It's just like, all right. Yeah, this like, is so cool. It's cheeky and fun. <laughs> like the Technic stuff too, like still goes crazy. Like um, yeah, yeah. this Jill Scott remix and uh, the INOJ. Actually, man, I got to talk about you. You got the the um, the green light to do official um, INOJ "Love You Down" remix, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got to pull that up. Keep, can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, how that came together? Um, I from what I remember at the time, uh, you know. I was working with Ben, uh, Benzi, DJ Benzi, shout out to Ben. Uh, he was, he loves doing uh, mixtapes and like sourcing a lot of people for, you know, to do remixes and stuff. So at the time, I think it was like one of his early girl trap type of uh, mix series. And he gave me a, like a folder of stuff to, you know, he's like, oh, what do you, what, whatever you want to do. So I was like, oh, let me do Love You Down. I love the, the original. And th this is at the time where trap, EDM was just starting to be, you know, be something. And it was kind of like my first approach of trying to do like, uh, like that trap sound or whatever. So I was like, Oh, let me do it on, on love you down. 
and it just became a big thing. I think Dip, uh, Diplo supported it, um, and that's what gave it the really the big push. It got me on D uh, Diplo's uh, radar and stuff like that. So that's how we were connected by, and uh, yeah, and then to this day, it's still uh, current you know kurt's been everywhere and i think and later on i think maybe a couple years later um ultra music the the label reached out and we got it actually cleared the sample and they actually put it out as an official release so i was like oh, it's even better right now <laughs> you know um yeah so it's cool shall we run that real quick i feel like um people got to hear yeah. this uh so this is this is actually off the uh, yeah it's on ultra music soundcloud i'm just gonna play a snippet of it but um let this is uh, a centrix remix of inoj love you down Put it that for so we we don't get taken down <laughs> but yo that's the that's a fire remix i love how you chopped up the vocals on that it really flipped it man the funny story is i actually didn't really like it <laughs> when i when it first came out because i thought it was i actually thought it was like too simple and uh it was if you look back on it just because it reminded me um at that time i think it was a diplo grand theft remix of sweet nothing i think the, the calvin harris yep so i use that as a, a kind of like an inspiration from that song to do, do that remix so when i was just doing it i was like man i was trying to compare it to what diplo and grant that did and i was like man this is nothing like it i don't know if this <laughs> this is good and i was showing it to ben and ben's like nah just give it to me i'll just put, i'll put it out anyway and um in it but the rest is history i guess i guess my judgment's wrong but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hilarious to hear you say that actually but i i think it's yeah. kind of cool as well like perspective wise you know we all question our, our music but you can already tell like in the chat we got julia saying vibes we got you know we got um gj dj rose saying one of my favorites you know what i mean like uh this is a classic you know every time i spin this this version at a gig you know nothing but excitement and serotonin boost you know like it's People love this stuff, man. It's so cool. Well, if if you were really down, if you knew there was a VIP remix, there was like it was like a club version that instead of the halftime drop, it was like more of a kind of like a Jersey club or you know take on and stuff like that. So, but a lot of people love the original, so I can't blame it. 
So whenever I do get to play, I do sneak that in there because people always seem to ask, oh, we want to hear it. I was like, all right, because it's so old to me, you know, yeah. at this point. But, you know, if people want it, so just play it. But it's it's interesting to hear, you know, the relationship you have with your music and, you know, versus people that obviously love it, um, you know, and, yeah. and even comparing yourself to others, you know, I think it's it's quite it's quite comforting to hear that from you someone who we a lot of people in this chat and myself really you know respect um to even think yeah. that you'd have those kind of doubts or or compare yourself to, yeah. to other people but i guess that's part of the process right yeah i mean i mean i still struggle with that to this day i mean uh i've gotten better with it because um it was, you know, it is a struggle because, you know, obviously there's going to be people that are way ta more talented than you are, more skillful, but everyone's path is different. And you can't really compare what my life is to someone else's because there's some people that are super famous and they ain't do shit. <laughs> you know, just keep it real, right? They, they probably didn't even lift a finger. And, and sometimes you can't really control that right there's just sometimes it's more people that you know and some people are super talented and they're not getting the recognition so you just gotta take it for what it is and just as long as you know that you're putting in that work and try to compete with yourself more then that's because how i've been looking at it you know because for years like even early on i was like in a rut of like oh man i don't know what to do like this these people are like progressing and i'm not and stuff like that so if you just look past that and just focus your path you know it's easier said than, said than done but you know you just got to stay on the course man it's just because the music the music game is hard it really is but you just gotta do what you love man you just do what you think that are happy for you and you know hopefully things kind of fall into place yeah i mean i think that's really important to kind of talk about though as well because i think yeah. a lot of people do really compare themselves or, or think that they have to get these certain accolades and you really can't control that you know there's no it's very uh, this the industry is inconsistent you know you can be really good and and yeah. ultimately if if you're happy then that's what what's important i know that sounds kind of corny but like yeah, yeah you can't force things to happen right you know like things just right. have to go and music is so subjective i mean jmkm and i were literally having this conversation the other day and we were just, you know, I was, I was just kind of like saying like, you know, music is subjective and it doesn't have to be complicated to be good. Like sometimes really simple things are better, you know, and it's harder to do simple things musically than really complicated things. You know, obviously like I love Kashmir Cat. His music is very technical, you know, it's beautiful and it really speaks to me and that's his thing. I can, I, I know I can't do that. I'll never yeah. be at like Kashmir Cat level. He's just, it's just not in me, yeah. but I, that doesn't mean that what what we do is is not valid or right. interesting and are inspiring to people. So, yeah, it shouldn't stop us, right? Yeah, and I, I feel the same. And for the longest time, I wanted to be like Flume, but there was no way because I was like, I don't know how he does any of those like sounds. Like I'm not a sound designer like that. Even like Cashmere Cat, like Lido, like I was just like in front of my computer i'm like i gotta do it like this and i'll try to reference their tracks i was like there's no way and then and then it would just bug me out and and then i'll be just like sitting there in a room like yeah this is not gonna work out but then you know that's that's the thing it's like you can't be them you know 
some people are just gonna have more skills than you are and and just like some of my songs or edits that i've done the ones that really popped or the ones that i didn't even really put any work that much work into it so that just says a lot you know those days of uh me trying to like eq a snare for like two hours and stuff and then i put the song out and it doesn't do anything but the one little stupid mashup that i put together that i thought of in 10 minutes and it's like the ones that's going viral like <laughs> i i don't understand the game but it is what it is right so that's why you just got to you just got to accept it for what it is and as long as your name's out there and if it's working out just use that as leverage in it you know and just reminds you because that uh if anybody knows like that nickelback rem uh mashup that i did with oh, which is like probably like the biggest thing that's ever happened to me, which is it's pretty pitiful. But uh, <laughs> uh, um, I literally thought of that literally in 10 minutes, you know, and I just figured, let me just put these like uh, songs together. And then I remember just like downloading the, the, the Nickelback uh, music video. And I was like, I got to sync it. And just the way how everything just panned out and like the fading into Nickelback singing to it. I just like I started dying laughing. I was like, I have to put this. And, I, and that was the only time I felt like this is going to go. And I just put it out. And man, it it did. But it's pretty crazy how that's <laughs> one of my uh, biggest uh, little stupid edits that it came out that it was the actual thing. But but again, that just shows you. Put your mind to it, but don't really take it so seriously. Like, you know, just music is music and people are going to enjoy it, whether it's dumb and, and, and like that or like super te technical, you know. But again, I do the technical stuff for the people that really know it. Like, I know us producers, we get so we're like, oh, I got to do it this way. I got to pan like these 808 or whatever, try to make it so uh, so spectacular but like the average person in i don't know in the middle of nowhere in the world they're not going to know that like they don't really care so but i do those just for the people that do notice it so like if i do go somewhere and someone goes man i love how you uh and then they start like being scientists about it I'm like oh that's cool like we can we're in the same wavelength but if you don't notice it it's cool i, I know it's in there so that's all that matters you know yeah, I think that's really interesting to hear as well about how yeah. you can't predict things and then the thing that you get known for sometimes isn't the thing that yeah. you put the most work into. I think that I totally relate to that. I think a lot of people can. And I think it's sometimes you got to be careful too, right? You don't want it to get taken away. Or, you know, you don't want to lose control of, of your identity being associated right. with something that isn't a good reflection of you. And I think the best thing about your career, at least from my perspective, is that you have so many great remixes. It's actually the consistency and the you know the, there's a sound that I can definitely hear throughout all your remixes. There is a there's a common thread, which is actually something I really wanted to, to talk to you about. Um, and that is specifically, you know, you have a very R and B approach. You can definitely hear I hear that a lot in the harmony and the way that you uh, you know you approach you know acapellas, the, the things you choose. Um, would you say that's your favorite style of music? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I. I, I just been very gravitated to like harmonies and melodies and uh, stuff that kind of hits your soul type of thing. And I, yeah, just for some reason, I just love, and especially with a beautiful voice that can carry 
you know any i don't even care what you're even like i don't even focus on lyrics per se but if you could you could say whatever you want but if it's like in a good melody wise and something catchy then i'm just gonna be gravitated to that but yeah for sure r&b is is up there and i think it's just like an ongoing joke with because i'm filipino so like a filipinos just love r&b i think you know i've, I've so heard think, that stereotype but yeah and I, <laughs> it's just weird but like uh even though those days of uh like ryan leslie was like a big one of my influences and and with all his like beat videos and stuff and anywhere if i was like in a filipino function that's like any ryan leslie song would be he's like he wasn't even like the biggest artist per se right but for some reason like in these Filip filipino parties they would be playing ryan leslie and i'm like it's just funny to me because it's like oh the, you know for some reason that we us people know <laughs> about r&b stuff but yeah yeah for sure r&b is uh is up there that's cool i'm really glad that you mentioned um ryan leslie specifically because yeah those beat videos are so dope and uh, he was like kind of a precursor yeah. to that that kind of wave um we also have in the chat possibly the biggest ryan leslie fan that i know uh nina mendoza she even has an, a ryan leslie emote uh yeah there we go we got it in the chat right there shout out nina mendoza um, oh, she does look at that <laughs> so i gotta show love there um but yeah, Ryan Leslie, and you know he produced for Cassie, so he's done a bunch of great, yeah. great stuff too. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he's doing music as much now, but uh, but yeah, I mean those first two albums to me were super iconic to me because there's and then just those beat videos, like nobody was doing that at that time, especially early days of YouTube. But like, if you look back at those videos, how ridiculous they were. Like, <laughs> they were it they look super planned out but like i just remember that one video of uh he like orders a trumpet like through guitar center or something and like he's like oh i like, just want to order uh, a trombone or i don't know whatever and then this dude pops in into his apartment with the thing and he just starts playing it and he puts it in the song and at the time i was like whoa <laughs> it was like is that really happening <laughs> but uh but yeah, man, he's he was really he's legendary, man. I just I just wish he uh, was a little, I guess, I don't know if he's doing music anymore again, but yeah, he's a big part of my life. There's there's some other people that we're gonna talk about a little bit later, um, but I I want to hold that thought because we can already see the NAERD fo photo um, picture behind you. So yeah. we're, we're gonna pause on that because that's a, a whole story in itself. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, it looks like uh, Nina was saying there are some recent releases, but he's a tech bro mostly now. That's a bit of a shame. Let's hope he gets back into the music game soon. Um, but uh, yeah, so what what other genres have been really inf influential to you as a producer? Um, I would say, uh, you know, electronic music, obviously during uh, my torque days. I know we'll probably touch up on that later, but uh but yeah, later on, it, it got in. Once I was in that world, it got me into discovering new sounds because at the time I was just strictly hip hop, R&B, even like pop music. I know this is probably super corny to say, but I was like really into like pop bands when I, when I was growing up, especially like during like TRL days. I was like really heavy into watching MTV and stuff and MTV Jam. So when I would see like Backstreet Boys and and Sync and stuff, like I would some of the music was good i'm not gonna lie right mm -hmm. um so I, I had like a big 
pop kick into the uh during that time but like once i got into uh you know just the internet like that's where it kind of like changed for me you know just discovering different stuff on soundcloud and or like afro beats and like different parts of the world you know just i'm like oh there is other stuff than just what's on the radio because at that again at that time for me growing up it was just strictly radio stuff and whatever was on mtv so it was just whatever i saw so once uh when the internet kind of opened up and you got to see where other different types of sounds and stuff so like when i got into the electronic stuff again we were talking earlier about like baltimore club and like the house music that's kind of like where it really uh, opened up my mind and stuff i was like oh there's different patterns different rhythms and stuff so i started throwing that even like reggaeton and you know, like any latin stuff so throwing that into production of my production it, it kind of definitely helped me so broaden my uh perspective yeah, I mean, I think I think that's really evident in your musical and your remixes and your music a lot too. Is this kind of nice yeah. melange of those different influences? That it's a real nice balance. I actually think yeah. that's one of the things I always like really take away from your stuff. Um, and uh, and yeah, um, but what what is what is it that you look for like when approaching a remix? Like how how do you identify a song? Does it come to you, or do you just or do you kind of search it out? I mean, it varies. I think sometimes if the you know if it's the biggest song out i sometimes i i feel obligated to remix it because i was like oh let me you know capitalize on the whatever the how big this song is or whatever i mean especially like drake like anything drake you know you, you remix it people are gonna are automatically gonna listen to it but there's some days where i'm just searching on you know whatever it was it spotify or something like that and and you know there's a song that I don't even know who the artist is, but I like the sound of it. So I was like, oh, let me just, or like I have, I like how the vocals sit on this song. So I'll just, you know, put my take on it, but it all varies. Like I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not really picky on certain things, but um, yeah, I just, I just pick whatever feels good to me. And again, I don't really focus on lyrics. So everything that's just melody wise, if I can spot out like something really good that works well with something, I was like, all right, let me just flip that and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't, have, I don't really have a preference of um, what to what to remix or whatnot. Just whatever sounds good to my ear. Speaking yeah. of um, the Drake remix, though, I, I was really, really a huge fan of your Hotline Bling remix. I played that to death. It was so good. <laughs> I again that was like my, my early stages of trying to do like future bass and i again at the time i was so skeptical I was like i don't know if this sounds good but once all my like edm peers were were saying oh this is good then i was like oh i guess it is good <laughs> because i was trying to get that validation from people at that time so i wasn't really sure but yeah uh it was cool i i don't know which version you had but I had a version where it was like this super long intro of a girl speaking, and it was like uh, it was like a skit. It was like looking back on it, it sounds really cheesy. But <laughs> I was trying to make this uh, like a little bit more of a you know Drake type of feel, and like a girl talking about I like oh I miss the oldest centric and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> I remember my DJ friend just like just give me the DJ intro. Like I don't need this. I was like I'm trying to make it like artsy, you know. <laughs> Let's see which version I got. I got. I mean, mine's a. I got a flip on it. Um, 
This is the intro version I got. It's really nice piano on this one. Yeah, that's the intro. You used to call me on my cell phone. Yeah, this is this is the Day version. When you need my love. <laughs> call me on my cell phone. This is definitely gonna get us blocked. <laughs> we gotta <laughs> bring that yeah. one down. But this one, the drop too, like on this one, so dope. Um, see if I can just skip ahead. Yeah, here we go. You used to call me on my. Woo! Yeah, this is the joint, man. This is the one I played a lot. That breakdown was so fire. I love that so much. Um, I haven't heard that in a while, actually. It yeah, it's aged very well. <laughs> I um, mean, anything Drake, man. You could literally remix anything from Drake, and you're guaranteed plays. So as long as it sounds good, man. But if it's long and if it's good enough to stay up, you know, but because those copyrights, <laughs> yeah, coming after you for those Drake stuff. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll just have to save this afterwards. But um, I mean, I'm not playing the whole thing, so you know, give us a break, yeah. guys. Um, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> sure. the other one I wanted to talk to you about, though, actually, is the um, uh, similarly is the Scissor remix "I Hate You" um, that you yeah. did, uh, and that's pretty a fairly recent one, and it, it's super dope. And I know that one got quite a bit of uh, a bit of um, hype, shall we say, or a lot of love on the on the on the social meds. Shall we say? Yeah, that was a, yeah, as of, yeah, that was, uh, that's pretty big one because, you know, Scissor herself um, supported it or at least posted it. And uh, yeah, it got me more followers. Uh, it, she followed me back. We were wow. chatting, we were chatting in the DMs. Uh, so it was pretty, it was a wild time that day because like my phone was blowing up. I've had, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have these type of uh, occasions where, you know, certain things of mine kind of go viral or whatnot. And again, like I don't do stuff to go viral, you know, besides that Nickelback thing, but certain things just kind of happen. So like that SZA thing, you know, I just I've heard the original uh, maybe through like TikTok or something. I don't know. I guess it was like the biggest song on TikTok. And uh, first time hearing it. I was like, it's cool, but it's like it sounds so slow and like draggy and boring, right? To me, to me. So I was like, oh, maybe I, if I just speed it up and uh, add a little more, like more bounce to it. And then the sample, which is uh, the SWV sample, or not S, what's SWV or total, total, total sample. And I was like, man, this this fits together. And I don't think a lot of people know it was actually a sample. But people, I, I think people actually think I played that out, but <laughs> I didn't. I was going to um, ask. No, I didn't. I, it was just uh, it's just the loop of the original um, it's sitting home, the total song. I just I looped the the intro and stuff, and then I just built the drums and added the bass line. But uh, but yeah, it was one of the biggest ones. Um, lately and and it got me to talk to SZA you know and at that time I was just I'm like oh man I gotta start connecting the dots here I was like all right here like 
here's some music, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you know how celebrities are. They probably check their DMs once or twice and then <laughs> move on to the day. But it's all good. You know, I'm not going to stress on it. But, yeah, it was definitely a, a big time, a big day during that time. That's so dope, though. I mean, it's such a validation, right? Having them check it out and be like, yeah, I really like this. Did, did you get to send her a, a pack of beats or anything like that? Or was there anything like oh, that? Yeah I, yeah, I did. I did. I She saw it, but I don't know if she opened it, you know, because um, I, I don't want to come off like thirsty. You know, I just try to I try to be cool. I mean, I'm just fortunate enough that she actually like followed me. You know, I was, you know, it's just it's a cool feeling. Yeah. And uh and sometimes uh, I'll, I'll mention, I'll put her name. I'm like, if it, anything that I do, you know, I see her look at it, but sometimes she doesn't respond to it. But it's just, you know, you know, how celebrities are kind of fishy, you know, it's, I don't know if she, what's going on over there. But at the same time, as long as she heard it and she and she even told me itself. So she said, man, your edits are crazy. So she must have went through my stuff at that time. So I was like, all right, that's cool. So. Where do we go from here? I don't know. But, <laughs> but she heard it, so that's, that's all that matters. Yes. I mean, sometimes those things move slow. You can't have it too high expectations, yeah. but just that alone is so super dope. Um, I, I feel like it's very important. We just um, we just run that one time real quick. Hopefully, the, the DMCA police will let this one slide. I'll just take it from from I'll here. Just, I'll, just, I'll just talk to Scissor herself, and we'll clear it. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, ready? Here we go. <laughs> That is the eccentric remix of "I Hate You" by SZA. Um, it's a banger, dude, and it's really cool how, like, yeah, we were talking about how you recontextualized stuff, and how you re recontextualized this one from, yeah, this original is like 60 beats per minute or something, really slow, and you picked it up to 100 beats per minute. I think it was like eight. I, I want to say like 80. I bumped it up. That's, I mean, when you think about it, 20 BPMs up, that's pretty fast. And uh, I was trying to go faster, actually. Like even try to go like one one and I don't even know where it is at right now because like one hundred I don't even remember but uh, I was trying to go like maybe one ten ish but I was like man this sounds really fast um, but yeah it when you look back on it it's like man this is really fast but you know it still grooves I think you know it's nothing too crazy and uh, yeah it's one of my favorites especially with SZA now, so. Yeah, I mean, SZA loves it. You love it. We all love it. Everyone in the chat will love it. We got Trademark in here saying you're a musical genius, and I don't disagree. Um, we got, That's we got, <laughs> J J what up, Jerris? We got in here. He's saying it's fire. Jay Nats, who also makes great remixes, saying it's good vibes. Jay Ember, what up? Um, yeah, and then Hits Danny, please don't quit your job. Um, we definitely, I mean, unless, of course, you really want to, feel free, but 
you know, this is a, <laughs> this isn't easy. Uh, we got Stank Palmer in here. What up, Stank Palmer? That go Eris. Great to see you. Um, Elvin, such a nerd. Thank you for tuning in. A double A. We got a lot of people in here. This is really great to have so many homies in the chat. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we all love your music. And, and I guess the, the, the question I had, I mean, this isn't the first time this has happened, though. I know, uh, did, 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 was it Tidal Assign get a uh, repost or, or comment on one of your remixes recently, too? I'm sorry? Oh, Tidal Assign? Uh, yeah. Um, so I did one of those. Uh, I forget, oh, yeah. So I did a, their song, Division, and Tidal Assign had a song called Wedding Cake. I think that's what it was called. It's weird because I'm so bad with names that sometimes I just gravitate but i think that was called so i i made like a little beat video like on the ableton push and uh it's rare that i actually do those type of videos you know because you know i'm not much of a like finger drummer or player like i can't i would love to be if you know who the count is like i love his stuff you know like just making beat videos so i wish i could be like that but i can't you know that's not who i am so when i do have had a chance just to make a video like that um i did it so i made one of those put it up and it got well received and um i posted it and he i guess he's really active on twitter so uh he like reposted it on his uh his story and i mean on his twitter and uh and even uh the producer of of division 1985 which We've connected through. I'm sure we'll talk about the Snow Allegra, Allegra, but we connected through that. Oh wow! So, so he already follows me. So, like he, he even gave me like the approval and stuff too. So, and then Ty Dolla is like Ty Dolla Sign. He's like, oh, the kid is nice and stuff. It's just funny calling me a kid because I'm probably the same age as uh, Ty Dolla Sign. I mean, I had to look it up. We're similar in age, so it's funny. I mean, I, I probably look young, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. Just that make something or remake something and then the actual artist actually you know notices it it's it's a cool feeling but again i'm not trying to shoot for that you know most of the times i'm just doing it just to showcase what my capabilities are and like my taste and and when they do notice it that's cool so it's an added bonus well i mean we gotta we gotta talk about snow allegra though because that the whoa edit i mean that was like I think every DJ I ever I heard on Twitch played that song at least once in a set. Like that's the one that was like, I don't know. It just seemed to really cut through. And um, man, yeah. the and the way you flipped it with the Janet, this, the the that's the way love goes. And then you kind of re, I, man. Let's let's run it one time. I feel like we need to play it because there's a lot going on here. Um, that's kind of like really interesting. Like I want to know. I really definitely want to know more. So I'm just gonna take it from. From we'll just drop it in right here. So I'ma tell you this one time. Boy, I want you to be mine. Can I come see you now? Can I lay with you outside? Can I touch your lips with mine? Cause I need you now. Don't wanna leave, I just wanna be here by Feel this way 
like I'm really just praying for uh, a, an official release of that joint because it, oh, me too, me too, <laughs> right? Like it, it, it's it, like I hate to say it, but it's one of those ones where it, like it eclipses the the original version and, and to the point where I know this version more than I know. I mean, the, the original version. It's just like this is the one that all the DJs. It's the DJ version, you know. Like it's it's so hot, you know what I mean? Yeah, I have a. Uh... I've been told that everyone plays that, especially with Twitch, right? I like I love to like lurk in and like go to people's uh, channels and just to see what people are playing. And I sometimes I just walk in there and all of a sudden they're playing it, you know. So it's a good feeling to for all the DJs to really play that because it's it was a good story of way how that even was made because. Uh, during that i think it was like two years ago i want to say like around april you know especially with the pandemic everything so everything was kind of like messed up i don't know people i'm sure everybody didn't know what to do so at that time i wasn't really making much stuff um i was probably i was probably putting like edits here and there but i just mentally i just wasn't really there so at that time i was like all right like maybe maybe i could get back into try to do stuff and i was listening to um the original song and it was like the one the one remix with pharrell and stuff so i was like oh this is cool and i already heard different edits of it just from like being on soundcloud so i was like oh man how do i make it different that's how i always look at things i was like all right if i hear certain versions already and people do it this way i was like all right how do i stand out a little bit so how i usually work is like i'll just go through my whole library stuff and whatever is in like whatever fits and stuff so i just stumbled upon upon the the janet jackson the, that's what that's the way love goes i was like oh shit, this fits right and i was like i could have took the lazy approach and just took the instrumental and just put the vocal on top but i was like man this sounds special so like i really sat there you know craft everything and i put a Usually how I work is, I'm probably giving too much secrets here, but like how I usually work is if you see a snippet that I put up online, it's usually um, trying to get feedback, right? So, and usually the song's not even done yet. It was just me. If I see people really gravitating to it and people are like, oh, this is dope, it kind of pushes me to go finish it. So I did that for the... Uh, for the for the edit i like synced it to like some little graphic and i put it up and rarely i ever tagged the artist because uh i think it's just a thing with me like i don't really want to put so much attention attention to it so i just posted but that that time i was like All right, let me just put snow allegra and then, then i tagged also janet jackson on my twitter handle uh so i posted it and next thing you know, it snow retweeted it, and then it started just snowballing, and then it got to a point where uh, Janet Jackson uh, noticed it. Then that's why I started bugging out because I was like, "Oh, like I got both of them to respond," and it was just a small snippet. It's probably towards the end of the song, so I posted it, and uh, and then <laughs> then you just see all my followers just go crazy. Uh, crazy and uh just to that point i was like man janet really retweeted my stuff and then it got i don't think at that point snow and janet 
met or even talked. So it kind of sparked the conversation between the two because I saw it happening in like real time where they're, you know, Snow was like, man, I love you, Janet, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, I'm like the middleman here. It was like, <laughs> I connect- yeah, I like, I, yeah, let me in. But, uh, <laughs> but like, I see them happening and I was like, oh, this is crazy. So for the last, for maybe that whole week, like my IG was going crazy. I was getting messages from Janet fans, some Snow fans. And it gained a lot of followers and then uh because they even posted on their on their instagram so like yeah, i got both and uh and it from janet posting it it got me to link with uh jimmy jam which if no one knows who he is jimmy jam and terry lewis are probably the most legendary producers writers for you know janet michael prince like these are legit guys and jimmy uh he followed me and then he messaged me he's like he's like i can't stop playing this uh this edit that you made and it's just amazing how this works like you're 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 like really gifted and like complimenting the crazy i was like this is crazy like <laughs> like you don't have to tell me that that's crazy and um so you know it sparked something between him and him and i and to this day he messages me like Hey. on his free time like even like this past thanksgiving he messaged me says like oh you know i just want to wish you a happy thanksgiving i was like oh dope. <laughs> you know like it's and i just even like messaged him back i said man you don't like why do you want to message me like why like why even have a conversation like that with me because like you know i understand like i'm sure you're a busy guy it's just crazy to me that to even speak to you and he just said he's like man you know I just learned to, as an older guy, he's like, I learned to embrace like the internet and just seeing things like, because they linked me to you, like, you know, just, so just to connect with people like you, like he's, and it's, it's just amazing to him. And then like his, one of his later posts, uh, maybe like a month or two, he like reposted the, 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 the snow edit again, but then put like hashtag genius. This is like even during when the Kanye thing was happening with his hit with his uh netflix thing so they, he labeled it as like genius i was like oh like it's just weird to me you know like just randomly in a r- random wednesday of the week and you'd be like you know what? let me just play this song again and even like certain days he'll be like man i was talking to you know he was naming big names and then he's like oh you know snow came up like the name snow came up and it made me thought of your edit and i was like this is crazy. I was like, and I, speaking of when you were like, I hope this, uh, this edit like ever gets like cleared, you know, I tried, I said, you know, man, I hope like not to fully put it out there, but I was like, Oh man, I wish we can get this cleared somehow, but I didn't get an answer. So I, you know, I get it. But cause I know there's a, like a lot of factors into that, you know, with different labels and stuff like that. But I just know, you know, it's. I'm just fortunate enough that everybody loves it and plays it, and I get tagged all the time. And even even just once I can get past just DJs playing it, because that's that's somewhat like an automatic with with mine. So, and I'm fortunate to have that happen. But once you have just like, you know, average listeners or just music lovers, and then they just say like, "Man, this is this should have been the original," like and stuff like that. That's definitely a a super confident booster for me so 
but also with the whole snow and janet thing what happened uh, a few months ago i guess snow has been touring now it was her first time meeting janet oh wow janet came to one of her shows and i think in the uk and uh they took a photo together and i was getting tagged because people were like you know you're the reason why this happened i mean i don't know if that really was the reason but i want to say i you know help facilitate it a little bit you know but yeah yeah like i was saying just let me in you know let me work well, let me work with both of you girls you know but <laughs> it's it, uh it's a pretty cool feeling to see that actually transpire you know just to see that those two uh women just come together and maybe they can make music then hopefully i could be the one that uh drop some beats with them too you know so at least yeah, get a I'm, remix at the very least oh, give me something but <laughs> i'm not even asking for money just uh just give me a little uh put it up on uh streaming platforms and stuff absolutely man it's it's such a great story and and you know it's you're so humble about it but you know I, yeah. I get it you know there's so many you know mechanics and publishing and things like that in the music industry that kind of roadblock a lot of that stuff and i think that's actually the beauty the beauty of what you're doing and you know the way you you, you you do it like you use soundcloud and bandcamp and all these kind of platforms to to really yeah. just showcase your creativity and your talents um and and a lot of the, you know a lot of these things they can't like literally can't come out which is such a crying shame because i mean yeah, yeah. what we're just saying is like they should you know and this is the only way that we can get it you know what i mean and and also i love that you know as djs we, we you know like a lot of djs really support you and and they love what you do you know and they and you really give back you're so generous with your your edits i mean i just a couple of months ago I, I remember you you gave away like pretty much like an archive of all your remixes and i mean i snapped them up with the quickness and i know a lot of people did too and it was just like a dropbox link or a we transfer link and it was so much yeah. stuff and i was just like dude like that's so generous you know because you know i know how much time that it takes to to put into those things and how much you know thought it takes and specifically yeah. with that whoa remix you know i mean you you so you played like a lot of the instruments on that you you redid a lot right yeah uh I was I'm fortunate enough to find actual stems for it. Oh, wow. So, um, which is, it, it's not that hard these days, but, and so I, I downloaded and just listened to the parts and stuff. And so I replayed certain parts of it, whatever felt better. I actually got like the original James Brown sample that they actually used in That's the Way Love Goes. So this way I had full control <clears throat> of the, uh, of the sample. But yeah, mo everything was replayed. Uh, for the most part and um and even just like the outro of the which is one of my favorites because that wasn't in there originally but once everything kind of like the buzz was like oh man when you're gonna drop this song because i was like oh man i got now i gotta finish it <laughs> yeah. uh, uh i quickly tried to i put that little outro where it kind of reverts back to the original snow allegra beat the woe beat and then i and, but instead i put uh, Janet's vocals on top of it so you get the both because I was like oh man Janet sees this and Snow sees it so I was like all right let me join the join the two together and flip it but yeah you know everything is kind of fresh into that in that edit which that's why I'm happy about it because I know I put a lot of effort into that so once it, it's very satisfying that people can actually like it at that point and I'm like all right cool it's worth it Absolutely. I think um, the other thing I was just going to say is like, it's really cool hearing about, 
how you, you know utilize social media to kind of like get a gauge on things and then yeah you know yeah i mean those i know what you're talking about with the count and like last week last week we had luna lee on as a guest and i actually discovered right. the first way I, I learned about luna lee was on tiktok and these videos that she made and i asked her like you know how how did you, <laughs> how did you figure out how to make them because it just figuring out how to get everything to like line up can be quite challenging you know um but right. it's so cool that that you did that i remember i remember i saw that and i was like oh yeah it's the first time i've really seen you do that and i was like i hope we get more so uh fingers crossed <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean uh i hope so because i mean it it did well for me and i i can tell when i you know i don't know how long ago i put that out maybe like a month ago or two months ago and i still get um traction on it and like people still i think maybe because it's an instagram reel you know i don't like all this like algorithm stuff it's just, it's really confusing um and like even with like tiktok and stuff you know i'm not and really, uh, you know, I like looking at TikTok, but I'm not really uh, a guy to really post on and stuff because, you know, it's, everything's kind of weird to me with everything. Everything's kind of forced in my face like that and shit like that. But but uh, I'm slowly trying to get into it. And hopefully, yeah, if I if I could feel that something's good to be showcased like that way, then, you know, I'll do it. And that's why I... I love, uh, you know, shout out to Austin, Austin Mills. Like, I, that's why I love his videos and the way how, you know, because I started with Austin when we were, when he was under our management for a long time and just to see his progression and the way how his videos and even like the scenic views of whatever he was doing, that's what really worked for him. So, you know, I always keep my eye on other people and see what they're doing and stuff and then just try to take bits and pieces and stuff but yeah maybe one day you'll see me doing videos like that i guess <laughs> i mean it is a balance though right i mean uh, jmk and yeah. i were also talking about this when we interviewed her and it was just like understanding how they work and then also just you don't want to detract from your creativity right you know so yeah. you know if if you can do it and and it, it's good that it, it it does open up a lot of other opportunities especially since a lot of a lot of people there's a lot of a huge community on tiktok or you know, even like YouTube and stuff, they have like kind of their own, much like SoundCloud, you know, it's like almost their yeah. creative community that that's where they go for their consumption of media. So, yeah. Right. But hey, the the, the other thing I wanted to speak um, on was just, you know, talking about how in the world remix, you know, you, you did play a lot of instruments. Did you grow up playing instruments? No, I didn't actually. Um, I know like in high school, you know, I always wanted to play like the drums like in the band, but for some reason I was, uh, I got bulked into like singing in a choir, which is weird because I can't sing for shit. But uh, um, um, so I never really got my, a chance to really, you know, do that. And I never really got into playing instruments like that. I guess maybe like the turntable is an instrument, right? Um, but even to this day, uh, you know, I know bits and pieces of piano, but, and I know, you know, just enough music theory to get me by. But if you tell me to play like some Beethoven, so I, you know, I don't know, or even like I could play like little, like Mary had a little lamb on the piano. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I never really, I was, I wasn't uh, into like instruments like that. I think it would, my first really interest in like music was like the DJing aspect of it. So that's why I was like more 
gravitated to that. But yeah. That's really interesting to hear because you have such a musical ear and everything works together melodically, harmonically yeah. and you know, a lot of the you know, a lot of the the harmony is, is quite advanced. I was actually gonna I was curious to know like uh, you know, where, where how did you how do you get around that, you know, is there is there specific tools that you use that will help you? If you don't mind if you don't mind sharing, of course. I know that some people Oh yeah, sure. Uh I mean I use you know, obviously mixed in keys a lot. Uh even even the Serato um you know, key the the key detection stuff is really helpful because I you know if you listen to like my earlier remixes and edits, maybe sometimes like the maybe the eight oh eights or the baseline is like out of key because I again I didn't even know what I was doing I was just doing stuff that was on feeling, and and nowadays there's so many tools that can get you by and I use a lot of uh, there's a plug plugin called Scalar that. Even if you know music theory, it's still something useful because there's like so so many like keys that you never. I mean, like an E Phrygian. Like, do you even know what that is? Like, you know, if you can just plop in like a sample in there and it tells you the key, and then even tells you what chord it is, uh, even better. So that's why I always, you know, a lot of people ask me like, "Oh, do I need to know music theory?" I was like, "You don't need to know everything. It's probably helpful." You know, I I know maybe certain uh, music elitists they'd be like, oh, that's not that's not how music is and stuff. But it at the end of the day, if it sounds good, and no, no matter how you got there, that's all that matters, right? And and it's just and to this day, there's so many tools out there that can help you. And it's stuff that you know it won't say it do it for you, but because I know there's a lot of like AI plugins that can do stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you can't have it spew out something that a human can do. You can, it could guide you, right? It's something that's helpful, but it's not going to do it for you. So that's why you got to be chick, pick, picking choosy on certain things. And as long as you got the ear, because the ear you can't, I don't, you can learn, I guess, the, the taste of, uh, of learning the sounds and stuff, because that's kind of how I did it. But um, but I do most of it by feel and 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 just like doing it by, by the ear and stuff. That's interesting, man. I mean, I, I, DJ None actually in here has asked, you know, where should someone start for music? You know, where should someone start for music theory for production? Um, I'm interested in, in knowing what you uh, YouTube. It's called YouTube. <laughs> I think people are under. Man, if I had YouTube back when I. Because when, when I first started doing music, YouTube was super early and there's nobody that was actually putting out stuff. And it was a struggle to find what key was certain things. You could, At the time, you can't even, I don't, I don't even think there was Google back then. It was like Yahoo. <laughs> like do a Yahoo search of what key is this song? And I had to like learn the hard way. Like it was super hard. There was not many DAWs, like Ableton was really, really early stages. I think there was like Fruity Loops at the time. And even that, it was just still confusing to me. So YouTube, it, it was a big, big key part for me. And to this day, like I, I'm always looking at tutorials, looking at certain things. Um, even like Twitch nowadays, like people are just, you know, they're streaming their production and stuff. So... I'll be in there just like checking out other people's stuff, see how they work and stuff. So, yeah, I would say definitely YouTube because 
even I mean, if you can find someone that can teach you, that's even better. But you can find your whole <laughs> your whole uh, course on YouTube, man. Yeah, I think that's really that's really true. I know that um, uh, a good friend of mine who's an incredible producer, uh, Vaughn Oliver, aka We Are Oliver. He uh, he, he yeah, didn't yeah. grow up playing uh, music either, and uh, he we used to work on music together, and I'd help him with like music theory stuff because I I learned, uh, and then he was telling me, and uh, and in, in, in response to your question, DJ None, he actually told me that he would go on a lot of gospel uh, piano players channels and gospel music, you know, being that it's such an important part of the history of R and B music, a lot of those chords and you know, like yeah. Janet Jackson, for example, like the you know. A lot of those chords are are basically from the gospel, you know, soul music, gospel music, and he learned a lot of chops just from this one dude. I think his name's J J T. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's lots of there's lots of different YouTube channels that it just depends, I guess, what you what what works best for you, right? Like, right, because it, it can get pretty specialized. Um, but yeah, I'm the same. Um, what was there's actually one. There's like a, a just a piano one where it literally just shows you the notes of the piano if you go, look up a song, synthesizer right. or something synthesizer, and it will show you like every note on the keyboard that you play, and it doesn't give you like music notation, it just shows you the chords, and that really, I think that really helps me um, a lot. Uh, synthesizer, I'm I'm not right. saying it right. Yeah. Have you heard that one? Yeah, I've heard of it. Also, um, I've also learned from if you download um, like MIDI. Uh, like the songs in MIDI, you know, and usually they come in, you know, stem versions where it'll show you every, like the MIDI notes of like the bass line and like the chords and stuff. It's a great way to learn what, why this works, like why these notes go with which and stuff. So, you know, just pick like your most favorite song, you know, and it's, I'm sure it's online somewhere and then just import it and see how everything lines up. And that's where you learn a lot from it. Because I'm, for me, I'm a visual learner. Like so, sometimes people, if someone tries to tell me, I'll oh, do this or whatever, it's it's kind of hard for me to to learn it that way. So that's why I like to look at things video-wise or, or me physically doing it and seeing how things go. That's how I learn the quickest. But yeah, for sure, MIDI, MIDI stuff, you can learn so much now. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um... I think, yeah, I've actually learned a couple of songs just Googling the name of the song on YouTube and then someone will show you, there'll be a tutorial of how to play it on guitar or, or keyboard as well, which is always something that yeah. uh, Jael actually recommended. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the producer Jael from Scamsterdam, yeah. Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He's, uh, he, he was actually talking about how much he loves D'Angelo. Like that's his like God, you know, album voodoo is just like, that's everything to him. And he's like, I've, he learned all the things that he knows from, listening to you know like records like that and then he'd just break it down and and to be honest like i really i really back that um because as a bass player when i was a kid i was just trying to like listen to you know red hot chili peppers records jamiroquai records and try and figure it out just by playing along with it and that's a really good way to learn music i think is like you said you're really training your ear that way you're like paying so much attention to every detail of the song breaking it down with your hit with your ear and that really helps you know um just it's kind of like i guess intentional listening or something i don't know how to explain it but you know yeah because a lot of my like some of the songs that i'm like so interested in 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 the way how it sounds when you try to listen to it you're like man there's so many things going on but if you 
able to find this, the stems or just like the breakdown and stuff and you see how simple it really is it just blows your mind away because like wow it, it's only a guitar and a bass line and some drums and clap like that's it <laughs> you know you thought it was like all this like elaborate stuff but yeah like trying to get like the the stems of songs that's is, is really helpful especially in like making like legit songs yeah I love that. I love that you see that too. Um, because yeah, it doesn't necessarily need to be complicated to make a great song. You know, it can just be like a couple of elements, uh, and that that's that's all it needs. Um, but speaking of uh, while we're on to- talking about um, production stuff, you know, what are some of your like go to plugins? You mentioned Scalar as one of them for specifically harmony. Um, are there any other like you know instrument plugins or or mixing plugins that you'd recommend? Uh, as far as like instruments, I I love you know Arturia is great you know especially for like that vintage sound and you know the vint like the juno stuff um you know serum is always like a, a go-to especially like in the edm world that's kind of like the go-to um i love trillion as far as like bass mm. um part of like you know omnisphere so i don't really use omnisphere as much now but uh trillion and like a lot of the contact stuff is good things that sound real like not like cheap type of sounds which is i i I love going to contact as far as like mixing i use i use like a lot of soft clippers and uh i've learned this like new thing where if you put it if like if you want your shit loud i know we're trying to get there's this like talk about loudness wars of like songs and stuff um and especially nowadays with like rap songs like a super loud (laughs) if like if you want your shit loud, like you you want to use these clippers, and I use like K Clip, was one of them. And like one of the secret things I've learned is you put it on every single track, instead of just putting it at the end, as like your master chain. Okay. So this way, you push the sound into the ceiling, but you can do it in a way where it's transparent, where it's you can still have dynamics. I know I'm just probably like super nerdy talk right now, but it's good. We're here for it, man. We're, I love it. But uh, you know, you can get a sound where it doesn't have to be like squashed. And I sometimes I like to see that wavelength where it's like it looks like a box, like a, like you know. And uh, but there's you know obviously it could be super distorted at that time. But uh, clippers are amazing just to get really, if, especially if you want to get a sound that's like more full and more like you know loud and stuff so that's a, a good thing um as far as like for like headphones i use a uh, sonar works i don't know if they changed their name but i think they I th- at the time it was called reference but i don't know what it's called now i think it's like sound id or something so it's just like a plug-in where it kind of neutralizes your the eq of your headphones so any and it, it like calibrates it so you'll have like a flatter signal on your headphones because i usually just mix through my headphones i i rarely ever use uh monitors and stuff so um the flatter the signal on your headphones the better so you're not like surprised when you're mixing especially with bass nowadays like you know you could be over compensating with bass so i use that a lot um what else do i use uh shaper box i use a lot is that Um, a transient shaper shaper box uh it's weird because it has like different um options they can do but i use it for like uh you can do like side chaining okay like like pumping stuff 
uh, with audio and stuff. Instead of just putting like a compressor and then like side chain it to a kick, I use it as, uh, you know, it just ducks the uh, the audio for oh, you. Type. Okay. And you can kind of set, you know, if you want to do a fourth on the beat, eighth on the beat, whatever. So you just have more control of it. Um, I'm sure I, I use a lot more, but those are kind of like the main the main plugins that I use. That's awesome, man. I really appreciate you sharing that. I didn't know about K-Clip. I got to give that one a try. That's the... I mean, there's even... I don't know if you use Ableton or not, but there is a... If you use the uh, the Saturate, um, you know, plugin or whatever, in, in the stock Ableton one, there's like an option called Soft, and that's like a soft clipper, so you can drive it into the sound. Even if you don't want to um, purchase any... Uh, plugins and whatnot you can if you use ableton it's in there i learned all this stuff from like decap because i i watch a lot of his uh his videos and stuff so just testing that and i know his stuff is like if you ever heard his music his shit is loud like (laughs) really loud and if you like watch his videos his youtube videos like his intro his music is so loud that it's like blows my ears out but but you know some people like that you know um, I got to do a shameless plug right now because Decap got uh, we got the drums that knock uh, volumes and the and the stock sounds for Serato Studio. So uh, if you're interested in trying out Serato Studio, it's already there's a link in the in the chat um, for anyone in the chat. Um, actually, I'll just add that to the broadcast, anyways. And that has like literally Decap drums in it, and they are great. They are just secret sauce for. I use it all the time. Yeah. And uh, and you also mentioned the count earlier. Also, great drums, drum packs, and he gives them away for free. There's so much great free stuff these days. Like I always remember thinking like plugins cost so much money, and they do at times. But there's so much great free stuff out there now. Like yeah. it's awesome. Yes, yeah, especially if you if you don't if you're first starting how to like make stuff and you want to get into it and you're afraid about paying for stuff. Yeah, there's so many free stuff, and you don't even need like the best stuff. Like as far as gear wise and stuff, it's it's you know all this like computer like a keyboard like you don't really need it. No. As long as you, if you have quality sounds and if your mind and your brain works where you want it to be and stuff, that's all that matters. Yeah, it's true, man. And and the sounds, you know, with Splice, with you know, even like was what I was saying with the sounds that come with Serato Studio and with, uh, I mean, there's Loop Masters. There's a ton of places where you get these great sounds track lib if you want to sample things like it's just yeah it's just endless and it's so great and and a lot of it is now legally able to be used you know um which does help down the line if you're you know trying to clear things yeah um i, I want to kind of take the t- change the subject a bit here but you know what, what's one of your favorite records like right now that you'd recommend someone listen to that's a good question um there's this artist called the code uh c-o-d-e his um I kind of discovered him through, I think it was just from like SoundCloud or just like, just looking through music. And he's got this like electronic influence, but some R&B. It's just the production is crazy. And just the way how he produces his vocals is really, it stands out to me because they're it's it's like, like it sounds echoey but like spacious like it's it's pretty interesting and there's a song called uh, uh switch i think it's called switches and uh i've been listening to that song for a while now and it's pretty it's it's crazy 
I'm trying to pull it up here on SoundCloud, actually. Um, the code. We've got a couple of songs on here actually coming up. Um, let me just pull up Serato. Uh, the code. We've got one with G Easy. Would that be? Oh, Gravity. Um, Electronica. Let's see if we can find switches. Let me look up. Yeah, I think that's the name. We should definitely play one of these songs. I'd love to hear it. It is called, yeah, it's called Switches. Mm. <laughs> this is a, it's not, not coming up, but is it on SoundCloud? Maybe it's because I'm in Canada. Uh, it's on title. I don't know if that. Oh, actually, I, I here mean... we go. I got it. Got go. it. Yeah, I got it. Let's just pull this up here. We're doing this live, everybody. So, oh, thank you very much. Is this, is this the, is it the code with the C X D E? Did I get that right? I think so. Yeah. Let me make sure I get the right one. Thanks, Aris. Always coming through in the clutch. Hopefully, this is the right one. By the waveform, I think it is because it's like crazy. <laughs> it's like a crazy intro. <laughs> All right, let's go. Um, let me make sure this isn't too loud. Yeah. this to this playlist that i have if you ever want to uh, check it out on my soundcloud called unscripted joints and you can get a hold of that um that is wild it's almost like uh, there's like kind of i hear like jai paul influence too with yeah. like the crazy vocal sound right yeah yeah and just like the bass glides and it's crazy and the distorted distortion yeah you get everything in that song <laughs> yep definitely some soft clipping going on there for sure <laughs> hard clipping yeah for sure um that's awesome thank you for sharing that man um that's super mm -hmm. dope uh, i love i love this is the one thing i love about like doing these interviews is like getting you know like people just to put us on to like the coolest cool new shit um which is 
hopefully what we can share with everybody here as well. Um, Double A said, uh, peep the album Paramount by the code. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to check that out. And thank you very much, that Eris, for posting that link for the unscripted joints. Um, you'll, you'll have a bunch of the songs that we played of Eccentric in there as well, so you can check out all his remixes and that song. Um, I guess uh, we're definitely... We're, we're, I love, I'm love. i loving this chat, man. We're, we're going for it. Um, but um, what what are you excited about in music right now? Producers, sounds, etc. I think... Uh, well, it's hard for me to say because... Uh, as far as like mainstream stuff, I'm it's kind of gotten stale to me because of everyone kind of copying everybody each other. There is no distinct sound, I think, for me. I mean, it, unless you like really dig deep. Um, but as far as like mainstream, I'm it's kind of boring to me. But like, if if you want to like dig deep, it's, you know, a lot of people say SoundCloud is dead, but there's a lot of stuff on there if you really look into it. And everyone's kind of creating their own identity. And especially me coming from like the edit world and stuff, I see what's going on and, and I love it. I, you know, every, it kind of pushes me to, to work um, harder and to see what people are doing and, and trying to take their influence, what they hear from somewhere and, and putting into their flair. So I'm excited for that just to see where other people are. And, and then I try to keep my, uh, I haven't been really in touch with the, the EDM world since like the the twerk days but i try to like peek my head in there a little bit just to see what's going on and um it's you know i don't know if it's really evolving as far as in 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 that aspect but i see some of my homies still doing it and and, and they're pushing their sounds and, and and being different so that's all that matters to me is as long as the sounds you know change and progress and, and stuff like that but as far as like mainstream stuff i'm not i'm not really excited about that then you know if there was more music like what i just showed you with the code like that that's just crazy to me and that's yeah. just like a random find so if if you can find stuff like that on a regular day basis then you know for me that would be i'll be in music heaven but yeah that's why i try to avoid the radio stuff and yeah and shit like that so that's cool, man. I mean, I feel like SoundCloud, yeah, like you said, has still got so much great shit, and and it's it's just you just got to take the time to do a little digging. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I totally agree. Um, and if if you could collaborate with anyone, who would you collaborate with? And I, I'm gonna assume it's the Neptunes. Is that right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I would say so. I just have this like uh weird uh kind of like a feeling of um, if I ever met Pharrell or even Chad, I just have this fear of them being like, like a, being like an asshole or something. You know, I just have this like thing, and that would just ruin it for me. So, um, but you know, again, if I was in the studio with them, that you know, it'd be a different story. And then, it, but I just always have this fear of them being like being like mean to me and stuff like that. And then I'd be like, I don't like them anymore. But. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, for sure, that would be a dream of mine, and, and I, I'd be excited to see where that even would go. You know, I know the like if if I were to sit in the studio with them, like on the first day, I know for sure it would just be me <laughs> talking about, oh man, I love you when you did this and, and stuff. Like I don't even think we actually do any type of work because I'd be still blabbing about like the love that i have for them and their in their music like being like a 
a fan, like a super fan. But yeah, I mean, for sure, I would love to uh, do that with them. I feel like you're one of the most dedicated of of the Neptunes fans that I know online and you know around the world. Shout out, uh, Corey Towns, um, Spider Tech, Spider Tech, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a. Uh, He's up there. <laughs> yeah, I definitely see like you know you guys representing a lot, and um, and I know even like your profile pic, you're you're wearing a Star Trek you know track jacket, and um, yeah. you've done the, you've done the remix, all those remixes that are fire on your on your uh, SoundCloud, and then you did uh, edit packs. Um, it's it's so awesome, man. Um, I just love that you you love you love them and you celebrate them so much because they're just they are really I think they're really an interesting as far as producers are concerned, they're a really interesting anomaly because they have such a unique sound. Like I remember when they came out, you know, that was like, Oh shit, is this guy just making everything on a Casio keyboard or what? Like, (laughs) Um, yeah, I, and that's funny you say that because, you know, that's why I gravitated to them because they were so unique. And especially during that time of like, it was early two thousands when it was like the era of like super producers, right? You know, they had the Neptunes, like Dr. Dre, Swiss Beats, Timbaland, and each one of them had distinct sounds. And you can tell right off the bat when you hear them. But for some reason, the, you know, the Neptunes stood out more to me. And that says a lot. And the fact that they made most of their songs on like a Triton keyboard. And they, I mean, I'm sure they used they used and abused every single sound on them. And but that was like a most common keyboard in that era, and everybody used those sounds. But the thing is, the Neptunes always used it differently, and and also like just the jazz chords. You know, you could tell they were just heavily influenced by jazz and their bridges. Like the bridges of their songs are, yes. is what I think. If you're a Neptunes fan, you got to say that's why you're a neptunes fan and especially like their hooks like whatever you know whoever was writing for i'm sure it's like pharrell and stuff so there was always these catchy hooks and uh just hearing that for the first time was just like an it was an experience to me and the first time i actually heard a neptune song you're probably gonna laugh but it was a backstreet boys like remix of the call oh wow and that was actually and again that was like my time of like watching trl and and I was wondering, I'm like, why? I'm like, like what? Because I've heard the original, obviously, and then I heard the Neptunes remix, and there was clips. I was like early clips that was on there, and I was like, man, this is is cool. And then that's when I started digging. And I was like, all right, who are the Neptunes? And then I started finding. I was like, oh, they produced for Jay Z. I was like, oh, I just want to love you. And then I started piecing things together. I was like, oh, this makes sense. Why this sounds like this and stuff, but. You know, on top of the music thing, once I found out that, you know, it was always two guys, Pharrell and Chad, um, I've like dig deep here. But the once I found I was like, oh, there's an Asian guy, because for me, I grew up in like white suburbia type of thing. And like I probably like in my high school, I was probably, uh, you know, one of two Asians in my class. So I always felt different. And I just didn't. And especially during that time, there was nothing like entertainment value that I could really uh, kind of have in common or like, oh, you know, I want to be like that. So because anything on any entertainment was like there was making us look crazy, you know, like you got to be like a karate guy. Like, you know, it's like it's, it's like weird shit. So when I saw an Asian guy making music like that, 
I was like, oh man, this is crazy. And then when I dig deeper and I was like, oh, he's Filipino too. Like that, that then it started really connecting to me because like, oh, then I can do this. Like they're making music that I'm enjoying. And that's why I'm, that's why I do all this, these passion projects. You know, I want to say like with the edit packs, you know, the mixes, because they really did mean a lot to me because I wouldn't have done music or like really pursue it without them especially and then seeing someone like me or you know in chat and like oh he's like kind of chill he's you know he's you know he's not really in front of the camera all the time and and then with pharrell being so in your face like that i was like oh that's kind of cool too so like they had a balance of things and then and then on top of that the music was always great to me and then with insert and then their album in search of that changed everything for me because I was like, wow, you know, it has like some rock influence and uh, and it's just like the chords were uh, so crazy. And and what coming from liking pop bands and then when Justin Timberlake's first album came out, that changed the game for me because I was like, this is half Neptune's half Timbaland because I was also a Timbaland fan, too. And uh, listening to the, the Neptune's parts on, on that album, I was like, damn, like. This is this really is like hitting me, and it even got to me to the point where like I was trying to find videos of them making it, and that's why I stumbled upon there was like this uh, justified in the making of. Yeah, if you that. look on, if you look on the YouTube, there is a video that I uploaded like over ten years ago. You see my name; it says DJ Cedric. <laughs> that's I, That's me that i uploaded because i i ripped the video because i the funny the funny story is to get these uh dv like it was like dvds and they weren't selling it obviously so i got it off of a uh an in-sync uh like pop uh like a fan page and stuff they were selling it i don't know how they got these uh video stuff so i bought it for like it was like five bucks and it was like 10 dvds of just straight raw footage of them working on justified and i remember ripping the video and it's like my first time dealing with youtube and then i I just upload it on youtube so like if you look on youtube and you look it was like a part where they're in the studio playing like drums and like acting silly and there's another video of chad playing like the the the, like the roads piano that those two videos are from (laughs) from me that's so like so like when I hear Tyler, the creator, like talking interviews about like, oh, I saw this uh, video of, uh, on YouTube. That's probably my video <laughs> that, wow. that, I, that I uploaded. But uh, but just, you know, just to revert back. But yeah, just they 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 meant a lot to me. And that's why I do music today is because of because of them. Yo, I think Kid Koo just po- posted the, the link in the chat. Yo, thank you, Kid Koo. And yo, thank you so much for doing that. Like that dedication is like so help so awesome. I think I've seen that. Uh, I think I've seen it too. And and yeah, like yeah. the yo the keys on that album too. Like you know, Senorita. Like oh my god. Like yeah. What is your what are what are like the what's the quintessential Neptune's production to you? Like what's the first thing that kind of comes to mind? I know that's a, a big question, but is there anything that like really? Uh, I would say the like chords. Uh... And uh, obviously, like the drum, like the newer stuff, it's hard for me to. I don't know if it's because of the nostalgic value that I have for the older stuff, 
Um, the newer stuff, I, it's hard for me to really like because it just it doesn't really sound like the Neptunes to me. Maybe because I'm just favoring back in the day, but um, you know, the bridges is what I usually gravitate to right away, and they had, especially when I was doing those edit packs, actually, and just having all those instrumentals and trying to pick out which ones to use and stuff. It's crazy how some of those. If you listen to some of those instrumentals, they're they're pretty repetitive. There was there's not much going on until like that bridge hits, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's that's there just hits the soul right there." But yeah, that's definitely what I look for. And those weird, you know, excuse me, and those weird like quirky sounds that they use. That's sometimes that you probably wouldn't even able like only them they could actually use it. You know, if if someone else used it, it'd be like pretty cheesy, but. Um, some of their beats didn't really date well either, but, um, but yeah, I mean, they always had great drum work too, you know, it was like sloppy. And especially if, if you're trying to mix it as DJs, like if you try to mix in a Neptune's record, if you notice that it's unquantized, like some of their, well, actually most of their beats, they're not quantized. So like, if you're trying to like mix in that song, it feels like it's drifting a lot. And that's how, how much of a difficult time I was trying to do like just straight up neptunes mixes because if you try to line them up there's they're like all over the place but uh yeah but that was the feeling of it that was that was just them playing at playing it out and that's what i love about it yeah it's so cool actually hearing you say that too because i, was, I just finished that book dilla time about jay dilla who's one of my favorite producers yeah. and yeah. they talk a lot about like humanizing the machine and and it was it's true like yeah a lot of neptunes beats are just yeah crazy noises and and it was so it felt so intentional like i remember when i heard uh Khalees, i caught out there i remember that was one of the first neptune yeah. tracks i heard and i was like oh damn like it's like she's yelling on the track the sounds are kind of weird like the drums kind of like really dry and then you know there's like pew, 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 sounds like throughout it and i'm like it's kind of punk rock it's like there's just a lot of it's just so unique and and I, that was like even like got your money and it's like a really simple like kind of strip back thing and then yet they can also do these really beautiful lush arrangements and songs like beautiful and you don't have to call i mean to me uh, like yeah, i think yeah. that you don't have to call chords are just insane like that progression's nuts yeah, it's a, yeah if you really break down that song it's an amazing piece of music and even just the the way how it was written the chords like you said yeah, it's just it's just such a beautiful song, and and the message is and the message is great too. Like you know, especially if you're out of a relationship and whatnot, and like you could you could probably relate to that. But it's just and the video was great too. The way the way how Usher just glides with those uh, heely shoes, you know. But <laughs> it, uh, but that song was a yeah. I mean, I'm sure everyone still plays that song in their sets. It's amazing. I hope so because it's it's like a go to. That's like I, like I I think I just like I live on that track. Every like pop Maybe. club I have to play, it's like that's in rotation. I know it's gonna hit. It ticks all the boxes. It's a popular song. It's got yeah. a great beat. It's like it's you, know, you, you say it, and then all of a sudden now the melody's in my head. Like I'm I'm hearing it, you know. And then it's it's just it's amazing, especially when you haven't heard it in a while and you hear it, and it's like it gives me goosebumps because like oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, like a really a, a fantastic song, like Timeless. Um, yeah. Um, so let's t let's talk about like um, 
you know, some of your early musical memories that, you know, um, were, were your parents really musical people? Or did they, did they instill any kind of music uh, fandom on you? Um, I wouldn't, not really. Well, the funny thing is, uh, if anything, my dad was, uh, he was an avid uh, karaoke singer. <laughs> um, oh. And that's a Filipino thing. If, if any Filipinos are in the chat right now, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but he loves singing karaoke. So growing up, you know, I would just hear these really bad songs, um, you know, like, you know, hearing Tom Jones over and over again. You know, it's just that's kind of like my experience with music growing up. But as far as uh, like family wise, like my sisters were, um, you know, they probably don't know this, but they were really they were kind of influencing music to me because they were. Again, I'm dating myself again, but he, they uh, were really big fans of New Kids on the Block. So me as like a six-year-old, I guess they just want to push that music towards me as a kid. So like they forced me to listen to like New Kids on the Block. Maybe that's why I was into like <laughs> boy bands at that time. But they like forced me to listen to this music to the point where at family parties, I would be performing New Kids on the Block songs and singing them and dancing. And there's like video of me doing that. And it's it's just weird because when I look back, I'm surprised I didn't become like a singer <laughs> or like <laughs> or that type of entertainer because I was doing it at like every family function. And there's just this funny video of me. Um, I'm like performing in front of like, I guess, little cousins and kids and they're just like the kids are just sitting there like bored out of mind but then you see me like just going crazy like singing to these <laughs> new kids on the block songs and it's just so ridiculous to watch but but yeah that's just you know that's kind of like my early signs of like from music through family stuff but they never really you know pushed any any you know musical stuff that would change my life and stuff but that was my early early signs of it well shout out shout out new kids on the block and shout out chad hugo because we're very grateful to have you <laughs> shout out new kids on the block oh my god um also though i mean like bts right like um you know yeah. that's like that for this next generation you know my my niece she's like crazy bts army and you know yeah. it's dope like and i think that's super cool too like there's nothing wrong with that i think it's weird that there's such a stigma against that we all get our you know our music at some point you know through different means whether it's i mean jackson vibe essentially you know the same kind of deal really and there's uh, yeah. it just it's different and you know my first i remember my first thing was through ghostbusters i had ghostbusters too it wasn't the music but i love yeah. bobby brown and i like you know all that oh, stuff yeah. through yeah. that so it's yeah. it, you get there eventually you know what i mean yeah. Um, yeah sure and um and i guess the 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 question we ask everybody who comes on this show and, and i know we talked a little bit about it um a little bit earlier but you know what does the power of music mean to you well man it, it means a lot because uh i just from my twerk days and I, I you know i'm not sure if everyone's like familiar with i was part of a group called twerk uh, with dj benzy shout out benzy um just experiencing that my time with that especially with a different world like the edm world you know it's so much different than, uh, you know, I say like the hip hop world or the, you know, that type of scene. 
So experiencing that for the first time really changed my my outlook on things because it, it got me to travel around the world. Like our biggest song was called Bedingo. Um, Shall we pull it up? Song, I guess why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just you know, for context, I feel like I don't know. Uh, my, if anyone who do- doesn't know, you know, this specific part, I don't. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, but it, I just no, feel like you good. It might be helpful just context-wise for people to know. Because, yeah, it was, this is huge. This is like a really big moment. Uh, when yeah. was this? What what year was this? Did you start to work? Uh, I want to say 2013, 14, I think, something like that. Okay. We'll, we'll just play a snippet again. Maybe I'll just cut to the, the drop. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, well, <laughs> that's the main part, I guess, right? Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Oh, this is not the drop. Oh, yeah, here we go. So yeah, that was like a, I mean, obviously we all, most of us in the chat seem to know this, this epic <laughs> song and this moment, um, twerk. So, okay. So tell, tell us about this. Uh, tell us the story. I, I feel like I cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, you're cool. Um, yeah. So that was like our, our biggest song. That song literally got us to tour around the world and, um, to the point where, you know, it got me to visit like countries I'd never been to, you know, it, it actually got me to visit to, like at that time I'd never been to the Philippines and oh, to wow. visit family there. So it actually got me to go there because the people knew it, like knew that song. And, and there was times where I was going to Indonesia like twice a year and then wow. sometimes three times a year because of that damn song. <laughs> um, uh, and there, there's just one story about, uh, we played this one festival in in indonesia the bill was kind of like built for like big room house djs like you know they had like layback luke david getta marn garrix like and then there's us and i'm like man we don't fit on this bill at all because we're coming in with like hip-hop trap type of music with the with the electronic sound so we're playing right before layback luke and it's like inside this like big warehouse. I want to say like twenty thousand people in there and stuff. It's it's packed. And uh, right before we go on, we do like a meet and greet. And I'm like, there's people want to meet us. So I was like, okay, it's cool. <laughs> um, and then a couple of kids came in, and this one girl was saying like, man, you know, we're so glad you're here because like Diplo doesn't come here because at that time we were signed to like Mad Decent. You know, we had like an EP. And he's like, you know, nobody comes here. Like, you know, you know, Dylan Francis doesn't come here. And we want this sound. And you guys are bringing that here. And he goes, we love Bedinga. We love Bedinga. And they're like literally singing it. And I'm like laughing. And I was like, okay. And then this, and then the same girl, as she's like telling her story, 
She's like, we just love you guys. And I kid you not, she almost cried. And and I would just couldn't under like it just I I was just blown away. I was like, man, why is this girl about to cry? I'm like, I'm just we're just normal guys, you know, just providing music. And that kind of struck a chord on me because I was like, man, as silly as this song is, it touched something like a soul in her to really to get that emotional where it's like, oh, she wanted to meet us so bad, even like with her friends and stuff. So getting on stage, seeing all these people there, we, we kind of had like a set list that we usually play. And I'm like, obviously, we had to play Bedinga last because it's just, you know, it's a hype up to set it up. And at that time, like, I wasn't really speaking on the mic at the time. But at that point, um, I was like, man, I got to, like, do a little MC action on this, too. Because Ben didn't like to talk on the mic at that time. So I was like, all right, I guess I got to do it. <laughs> I got to do it. <laughs> so we were, uh, were playing our songs. And then and, uh, Bedinga, we're, like, we're setting up, queuing up Bedinga. And then once they hear it come in, especially with those horns during that that uh, kind of right before the drop kids you know 20 like twenty thousand kids like singing along to it like it's like a soccer game and i remember standing in front of the stage and and then like the drop hit and you just hear people whatever and i look at ben i remember like singing in the mic i'm like oh shit this is crazy like this is crazy because like we've touched a nerve somewhere here, right? You know, like I literally made that song. Uh, at that time, I was working a nine to five, and I was just doing music. Just, you know, I wanted to do it, but you know, obviously, wasn't financially there yet. So, I was just making these silly stuff, and that that particular at the time it was a bootleg, and it was just did it on my own free time, and it traveled all the way <laughs> to like parts unknown that I've never been to. And to see like so many kids like that go crazy over a record like that. And again, as silly as that record was, it meant it was such a big thing. And that's why I look back on, on those days of like, this is crazy. Like people are so are just going nuts over this stupid song <laughs> but uh but it is what it is you know and 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 that to revert you know just to go back to your question yeah that's how powerful music is man you you literally as serious a song is or it can be really cheeky and fun like it doesn't matter like as long as you can touch a soul here and there and 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 people are like really mess with it it means a lot especially seeing that um happen in in real time especially not experiencing that ever in my life. I was like, Oh, this is what I want to do now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude. That's so cool, man. I, I had no idea. Like, I mean, I obviously know that song, but I didn't know like how big it went. And that's the, the thing, you know, you, I feel like we're in a bit of an echo chamber here, you know, in our yeah. world. Uh, and you hear that all the time, you know, hear you're about like artists, like the roots, they got really huge in Philly uh, from, from Philly. They got really huge in England first. And, you know, yeah. And certain artists get bigger in Asia or, you know, like Bone Thugs were really huge in New Zealand. And, you know, it's like there's like little certain yeah. th certain songs hit people differently. Like you said, it touches a nerve or something. And it's so cool, man. I mean, that's awesome. What an awesome experience. We, like me and Ben always joked about like, because since we were always going to Indonesia, like every year or like we were like, 
we joked about like we should just move here because we're like <laughs> celebrities out here like we would there would be like billboards of our faces on buildings in in indonesia J- jakarta i was like this is i felt like a rock star and i remember like they had like press follow us i was like this is <laughs> you know and then you come back to the states and like no one gives a shit but then you go there and people love you so it was i was like this is crazy we should definitely uh <laughs> move here at one point oh man yeah. and you know there's really good surf in indonesia too like that's a it's a destination yeah. man I, I i haven't been there. i gotta yeah. go um yeah, the beach nice and then DJ Clyde's in the chat. What up, DJ Clyde? You talked about the Rodriguez effect, and I think that's a really good point. Um, if you're not familiar with the artist Rodriguez, you're, you're familiar with the artist Rodriguez? No, I don't think so, no. Oh, he's awesome. He was sampled by Nas for um, uh, I'm the Man, and uh, he has a song called Sugar Man, and have, there's a documentary called Searching for Sugar Man. And, uh, okay. It's a really great story about how he uh is an artist from detroit and he made the soul record produced by dennis coffee and it, like a soul folk kind of psychedelic folks record it's an amazing record i highly recommend it the whole record is good it's called cold fact and he he got really huge in south africa and he was touring in south like he didn't know about it for years and years and then he eventually went to south i'm spoiling it sorry uh, spoiler alert <laughs> um he, he eventually got uh, got to travel there but um it's an incredible uh story very similar to what you just said you know like uh, you, you make a record don't know if it's really that big um in your city or or area and then you find out yeah. later that it's like a, a, a phenomenon you know and a cultural sound for another yeah. country it's yeah fantastic great. um so, uh, if if you uh if you could you know share anything um with like a, a younger version of yourself regarding you know music and, and stuff what would it be i would say um as far as like the I, more so of like the music politics and business aspect of it because you know i got into the music industry pretty much really green like not knowing anything you know i was just djing here and there you know making music on my spare time while working like a nine to five like it wasn't it wasn't really something that i thought it would could happen right away so um trying to then being signed to a management and then signed to these labels and not knowing what i'm when i'm actually signing you know like you don't really know the business aspect until you're like physically physically there so i would probably tell myself just and then plus on top of that i just didn't really probably just kind of calm down and just soak everything in because you know my highest times were during that twerk times because of the amount of traveling that i was doing um coming from before where i like i barely was even on a plane before that time you know, wow. I wasn't traveling at all. I probably flew maybe once or twice before that time. And then now I'm flying every weekend, going to big festivals, um, different countries. And and even during that time, I was still working like a wow. nine to five. So, and then I would have to like request off, you know? And then, then at that time I would run out of request days. And, and I was like, oh, I just got to bite the bullet and just go to LA at this, you know, this Saturday and then come back and stuff and then go to you know different country germany and stuff and come back eventually so you know it just didn't have to like didn't really soak everything in 
and I'm probably telling myself just to, you know just chill and, and and just and enjoy the moment because things were happening so quickly for me and not that I never enjoyed it but I it was just happening so quick and then on top of that you have people say oh you got to make an EP like because we were signed you know did a deal with like Mad Decent so you had to deal with um those you know those aspects and then if you're trying to figure out like oh do these kids yeah actually like us and do we really fit into this uh mold of electronic world um because again at that time i was trying to compete with other people i'm like there's no way i'm trying to compete with dj snake like that's who he is um or like even these bigger names like diplo and stuff it was cool to be under that umbrella but i always wanted to meet up to their standards at that time and i put too much pressure on myself to like uh to make a lot of stuff and even like with the the first ep that we did or the only ep we did with with matt decent i remember finished like wrapping it up and we uh sent it out to uh diplo and stuff or just just to get the the okay approval and i don't i'll never forget it because I was already stressed out at, at that point because I was like, man, I don't know if the sound is what um, what I we want as like as a twerk thing because it was different at mm-hmm. that time. And uh, so we were just uh, had some stuff that we put out uh, to them and then they, they listened to it. And then I never forget the email because Diplo said, where's the Bedinga part two? And I was like, fuck, excuse my language, but damn, you know? Like it, it as a creative, like once you, you know, you fi- finally f- you like let everything out, you figured it out, and then then you say, oh, where's you know where you're missing something, you know, and and at that time we didn't have this song called Helicopter that that's on the EP now, that's why I had to go back in and kind of like I guess I had to replicate what the bank the bank uh, Bedinga was. Which I hated because I, for me, I always want to progress, right? I don't never want to like replicate a sound that I did before, and maybe that's like, you know, my demise of as a person where it's you know you don't capitalize on certain things. But um, but at that time, I was just man, I didn't I didn't really want to do another Badinga or whatever. But at that time, I was just forced to do it, so that's why, uh, you know that song helicopter came about it did well for us you know um and like but it got whatever diplo's approval and stuff like that so that all that makes sense but um i mean looking back at that ep i'm you know i'm not really i hate listening to older <laughs> like twerk stuff so it's it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to like digest because it it just i don't know i'm not gonna say i wasn't happy about it but it's just it, I was my mind was different back then, you know, and I think I was like a lot of it was forced, uh, you know, effort, you know, but but yeah, as a if I were to like look, go back and just look at and tell myself, I was like, yeah, just settle down and and just appreciate it more because there was just there was so much noise during that time that it was just hard to like keep up with what was going on. It's funny, um, I hear I hear that from other people they, they talk a lot yeah. about you know the kind of the people in their air telling them to do this and that and it's really hard to like it takes yeah. a lot of like kind of confidence or like it takes a certain type of person to really just really be able to process that and then keep their kind of got their their mind right on what they want to do uh and i i mean i think you know you look at people like 
we've lost people like Avicii who have had people in his yeah. ear, the you know, for the and the without their best interests and you know, you can you can see it does take a, it does take a toll on people. I mean, even Catronado, who are like, I, I mean, I'm a huge Catronado fan. I saw just the other day on Twitter, he was like, people, his fans were like, telling him like to what to do, and he was just like, yeah. like wow, like that, that's crazy, kind of, you know, like because at the end of the day, you got to be happy with you, right? Like you've really got to feel like you're doing the right thing for you. So it's, I, I imagine that must be the hardest part about success, uh, you know, and that. In that in the music industry, yeah. right? It, I mean, and I'm talking about it in the, like in a smaller scale, you know. You know, I'm not obviously in the level of like a Catronada ish or whatever, but I've had my, you know, experience with a little bit of success in my own little bubble of world, and and uh, and you know, a little bit more than maybe an average person is, right? So I know how they can feel that way because it was like that, and. You know, I don't know how Ben felt about it, but, you know, for me, you know, looking back on it, it was a lot for me because of like a, a lot of the pressures going on and trying to uh, keep up with these other people because Mad Decent was, de you know, they had a lot of people at that one time. Mm -hmm. um, Bauer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bauer and, you know, Dylan Francis, they, they had a lot of people on that roster. And then, you know, we were included in like Mad, uh, you know, the block parties and, the boat parties and stuff like that so it was it was fortunate enough to be in the in the in the mix of that but then in my, the back of my head it's just like all right how do we stand out more because you know everyone's has already have like a fan base and and people were selling you know we were selling tickets too like you know people were actually coming out to see us and we were traveling because that was actually a new thing for me too because you know as a dj you're used to, you know, if you play like open format and stuff and people are just there at the club or whatever, just, you know, because they just want to dance and have music. But it's a different game when people are paying tickets to come see you and you're now like the main attraction and people are. And it's, I always see it as this, like when you're DJing at a club and people are just dancing with each other, you know, because it's cool. But then once everyone starts, turns around and looks at you like you're like a band. Like when that first happened to me, I freaked out because I was like, this is I'm not used to this. And the very first show that me and Ben played, we played a mad decent. Uh, it was like an after party after one of their block parties in like Detroit. We uh, it was right before we open, kind of opened up for Diplo. And it was the first time me and Ben played together. We didn't practice. We didn't do anything. I don't even think we talked about what we were going to play. I just followed his lead, you know, because we were using his laptop at the time. And I just said, all right, I don't know what's going on happening. And then I just once I get on stage, everyone's staring at us. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> like this is not the experience I've ever felt before. And then and and then when it and obviously once it started happening more you know i get more experience but you know i would love for every dj that wants to get into that to experience that one time because it's a different feeling especially when actually they're starting to pay like their hard-earned money to come see you wow. and to travel it's a different beast and that's why i always looked at it as differently as like a performing DJ and stuff like that. So that's why I, would, I always want to be on that level again, uh, eventually for, you know, for myself, but 
Yeah, man, it's just there. There's there just so many. I probably went off tangent on a lot of things, but th- it, that time was, was pretty wild for me. That's really good to hear. I mean, honestly, like you know, yeah. I I didn't know that. I mean, I I honestly didn't know how big it was outside outside of that. You know what I mean? Um, and I I know I heard it a bunch, but I didn't realize like. And I know that I know what you're what you're saying. That energy of people like when you're on a big stage, just staring at you for, to do something, but they want you to do you, and they don't want to hear. Yeah, like you said, there's a yeah. big difference between playing your club, playing music for people, and then people wanting yeah. to see you do your thing. Like they they are expecting something, right? Yeah, yeah, it's and, and it's weight, and especially for me because uh, you know I'm a I'm a pretty chill kind kind of guy. I'm a, you know I'm kind of like an introvert, and I'm probably like most people are in the in, in, like as DJs and stuff. So like if anytime you're just staring at me. <laughs> You know, like while I'm trying to DJ, it's, it freaks me out because I was like, what are you staring at? Um, but, you know, you just kind of get used to it and stuff. And I remember we, pl- we played like a, a rave, like a, like a legit rave, like in this like weird warehouse where we probably had no business being there. But I just I just remembered everyone's kind of going crazy. But there's this one kid in the front row just like ice grilling me the whole time. And, too much and, yeah and just like not and you could tell he does not like the music and i'm like why are you standing there <laughs> you know like move but it just like he just locked eyes on me and it was just it was like the scariest thing i was like oh my god that's why i was like i'm not looking up <laughs> <laughs> i was like this is crazy yeah that's gonna be hard to deal with man shoot yeah, man um hey i i, I realized we've gone quite we've we've been chatting for like two hours here. I really appreciate so much your time, man. And, and like, I feel like you're really, you've given us so many great stories, so much great insight. And, uh, I really want to thank you uh, so much for that. And, and I want to let everyone know in the chat, thank you for tuning in. Um, and if, if you want to go follow, uh, eccentric, you can just type in exclamation point, follow, and it'll pull up his IG, his, uh, SoundCloud, of course, where he's, you're going to get a lot of cool stuff and his Bandcamp, And, uh, you know, that's where you can couple that stuff. If you're a DJ, support support eccentric on Bandcamp because you know that's the spot right yes sir yes um, sir but yeah let's definitely run those numbers up um uh for for eccentric and and, and i i got a couple questions from the audience so um if you don't mind we'll just um i think uh actually double a i think we covered your question which was can we get some insight into twerk eccentric so i think we just we got that um shout out double a yeah shout out double a but we do have um alvin such a nerd he he had a question for you um well i I don't know if it's a question so much as a a lovely statement really but he said fairly new to djing and a big part of why i started is to share and play some of the edits you put out uh it's remarkable double a and eccentric so shout out to to both of you guys whatever you guys are doing keep doing it lifetime fan so uh, big up alvin such a nerd that's a really nice thing to say um see if we got any more questions in here. Um, but is there anything else that, uh, that you got coming up that, you know, you want us to know about, um, where can we, where, where, what, what, what can we look forward to from eccentric in the future? Yeah. I, uh, I actually, uh, wrapping up a single like original piece actually. Uh, so that should be coming out. I want to say like a month or so, you know, um, and then I'm, I'm working on an EP like original stuff and it's just, I've been promising this EP for years, <laughs> I think, and I just keep scrapping it. But uh, um, yeah, so this is just another, you know, 
progression in in my career where you know you'll see more originals and stuff um and then plus like more edits whatever i feel like putting out and you know i it's, it's i guess that's kind of the thing that everybody looks forward to so but as far as like the original stuff yeah that's they're coming and i'll get that type of crowd to to be into it too so you know because it's unfortunate that some of these edits they can't be on certain uh streaming platforms you know i get it so um you know original stuff will be in it's in the works that's awesome sure. we have one question from franchise relative to that to um eccentric who are djs or remixes that inspire you um um i would say man the og is like fs green is is a top one um jeru vandal is always and even like the um you know spider tech is, is amazing too he always pushes me but the uh the reason why i even got into like heavily doing these type of edits like the edit packs and stuff because i would say like maybe two like three years ago i was in a rut of like i didn't know what to do creatively so that's when i started looking through soundcloud and i just seeing a lot of the like the younger generation started making like really cool edits so i would say there's these kids like brie franchise well i think there's another franchise but uh i think they're from austria um they do some great stuff um who else am i with uh yeah i can't think of other other names right now but um yeah those are the, the main guys that are kmb i don't know if you're familiar with kmb he uh I, I don't want to say like he sounds like Kichinata, but you know it's got that feel you know um he's he's great and 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 yeah i'm sure there's more stuff that everyone wants to hear but i can't think of the names right now <laughs> that's all good we'll, we'll we'll stalk the soundcloud likes list how about that um yeah. shout out scamsterdam though fs green Jarl vandal gile master lee you know that those that's the the squad they are they're I, wait, I remembered i gotta shout out my guy juju i don't know if you're familiar with him dju if you're an avid Bandcamp user soundcloud user i'm sure you've heard of stuff because we've done stuff together okay um, and I, I know selection plays a lot of his stuff too but that's my guy he's from i believe he's from serbia so he's he's amazing there you go i see a comment juju hell yeah yeah he's dope <laughs> shout out my, ansel mode that's my guy yeah um, okay, and then the only other... Well, it's not really much of a... Que it's, well, it's not a question. It's not a demand, but... Um, where is okay. it? Uh, this is... Rita said, uh, come to the bay. <laughs> um, and he said, uh, let's get you on a Cuffin party. I totally co-sign that. That would be great. Um, if you're not familiar with Cuffin, great party out on the in, in California. And I think you'd kill it. So... Yeah, I, we've got a lot of people in the Bay and the chat here. Shout out Bay Area, big time love for DJ Centric. Yeah. Bay Area. <laughs> you got the real in here in here. Shout out Tricks a Million. We got a lot of a lot of cool homies in here. Uh, Marky, Kidarctic, Jay Nats, yeah, DJ Daz. Uh, so yeah, thank you everybody for for tuning in. I'm I'm actually gonna uh, like take us out on one of your uh, new songs if you don't mind. You did it's an original joint. Um, Last Chance 2022. I really love this joint, dude. Super dope. I know you just put it up recently, uh, and I wanted to I wanted to like take us out to that track because that's, that's good. 
it's a banger but uh, again dude thank you so much um really appreciate your time dude uh, we went way over time and it was like really great talking to you so i uh, hope you have yeah, an amazing sure. day yeah sure I, I mean it didn't feel like it but yeah for sure <laughs> it felt, felt great man that's felt awesome dude. all yes, right sir. man um have a great have a great day and thank you everyone uh, we're going to ride out to last chance by eccentric so um yeah have a have a pleasant day and we'll hope to hopefully see you all soon next week or the week after yeah, yeah. peace